about to witness the strength of knowledge. This is Steve Dace. Raising a banner of bold colors, no pale pastels. People should not be afraid of their governments. Governments should be afraid of their people. Our rights are inherent and essential. Derived from our maker. That is liberty. And liberty will reign in America. This is Steve Dace. And greetings. Happy Friday. Welcome to the Steve Day Show podcast here on Westwood One. Also available on iTunes and Stitcher. Please subscribe if you haven't done so already. And also, if you are a subscriber and you dig us enough to do that, maybe take the next step in supporting our show, writing a positive review that helps get the word out as well. We would greatly appreciate that. Steve at SteveDace.com is how you can reach us. Let us know what you think about what we think. Last name is spelled D-E-A-C-E. You can also like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. Todd and Aaron are here. We just wrapped up today's show for CRTV. It is the Dace Group Roundtable, our first one of 2018. Taking a look back at the week that was. Uh, gentlemen, you want to give a quick little tease preview? of what delights are in store for the audience when that show gets posted a little bit later on today. Aaron, I'll start with you. Everything is stupid. Todd? (laughs) Yeah, I don't have much hope to offer you. At various points, uh, I was thinking, boy, can Steve drum up an eighth deadly worldview that we could talk about instead of this? (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Nice. At the end of the show, I was like, let's just do the last seven days over again. Nice. Well... You, too, can listen to a lot of stupid <laughs> yes. when that show gets posted today at CRTV.com. Promo code DACE, uh, again, D-E-A-C-E, and that won't just get you access to our show here on CRTV, but all of the shows on CRTV, uh, including the great one Mark Levin, uh, Phil Robertson of Duck Dynasty fame, and more. Also, I want to let you know, one of the things we discussed in the roundtable today is something I have contemplated writing a column about several times already this year, and I've decided not to, because I'm I'm not sure I can articulate it in a way that is available yet for mass-free consumption. And I'm not sure, even if I could, how many people really wouldn't just have their heads explode Michael Ironside and scanner style if I if I laid that gauntlet down. So like explaining the birds and the bees to like a three-year-old, just not premature. Okay. Yes, yeah. So um, I, I touched on it today on the TV show because I figured, you know, if you're subscribing to the show, you're paying for us, then... You're ready for the full Monty. You, yeah, yep. <laughs> that's one way of putting it, yes. So there's a little tease of... of uh, Something, and and I'm not your neighborhood shrinking violet, but something that even I'm a little skittish about discuss, discussing in, uh, in large company. And we get into it to today on the TV show, so you don't want to miss it. CRTV.com, promo code DACE. Now, Todd, that's how you sell a show right there. We need to make, Was that take, a good tease? Yeah, that's, we need to take some more notes other than this, this sucked today. <laughs> and it was crazy and everything's stupid. Yeah. Can it be both? <laughs> you at least go with no one does stupid better than us. <laughs> at least own the stupid. All right, let's get to things that aren't stupid. That's your feedback that you've given us uh, since we've gotten back on the air here after the Christmas holidays. It is a Feedback Friday. You guys ready to go? Yes. Yep. All right, let's begin. Bill Williams says, please do not retreat from the partisan political sphere. 
We need your voice. I know this is hard. I know you have suffered some real tangible loss, including personally and monetarily. I know, but hey, I think the series of this worldview series you guys just did, I think it's slow. And I'm a huge fan of your team's voice. I hope you stay engaged in current events. We need you guys to weigh in. You are crucial. You can weave crucial. You can even weave these crucial lessons into your commentary on the issues. You guys have the talent. You're unique. We need you guys. Please reconsider. Losing you now would be worse than losing Breitbart to our cause of liberty and truth. And I think he means before it became kind of a, mm-hmm. a, a you know a, a Trump Pravda operation in the, in the minds of many they're still they still do a lot of good work over there but that's sort of what most people think they have become gentlemen your thoughts uh that's a huge compliment bill thank you very much um I, and I don't think that we are uh retreating um so much as we're shifting our perspective we're, we're putting on a different lens we're not going to um make our main uh, focal point of the show, as I understand it, and this is the the attitude that I'm coming with uh, at it. With um, w- w- the the main focal point of the show is whatever we cover, whether that is politics or the nuts and bolts of politics, is we're going to come at it from a worldview perspective, and that's never really not been the case. Uh, but it's it's going to be a lot less, um, I think, nuts and bolts. And um, as far as the Worldview series uh, goes, hey, that's, I mean, that's what we wanted to do to to kind of set the tone for the new year. And uh, I I was, I was telling Steve uh, yesterday, I couldn't find the right word, but um, I I was pretty satisfied with it from my perspective. I thought we did the best that we could with the resources and talents that God has given us to communicate in an entertaining and informative way what we were trying to communicate. It's maybe not uh, the best thing uh, out there ever that's been produced on television, but we did the best job that we could with the resources and talents given to us. So that's kind of setting the tone for the year. It's not so much that we're just going to ignore politics uh, or what happens in the political sphere, but when there is something that we can use as a teaching moment, we are shifting our perspective to be more worldview would you, would you guys agree with that assessment i would i mean i, I we're going to do at least we're going to attempt to do what bill says which is to weave these crucial lessons into our commentary on everyday events we're going to do that but but first of all todd we needed to lay down a marker what what's the what's what is the plumb line what's the what's the cornerstone of of, the, of of how we're going to analyze them worldview-wise. Like last year, our theme was, what is conservatism? We didn't give up talking about current events, but it was, when we stayed on target anyway, it was as much as we possibly could throughout the course of the year, doing so under the framework of defining what it means to be a conservative. This year, the, 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 frame, the, the, the theme is worldview. And so we're not going to ignore the election, but I'm not going to sit here and and do the sort of data analytics stuff you've seen me do in the past on an everyday, regular basis. I'm sure we'll tackle some of that every now and then because we're not going to ignore major events, but we're not going to live in the area of get out the vote and those sorts of things. That's not our focus and emphasis this year. Our focus and emphasis is on worldview. And when we analyze those current event issues, it's going to be through the prisms of the worldviews that we just discussed to sort of kick off the year and set that tone, Todd. Yeah. And what's his name, Aaron? Bill. Bill. Uh, Bill, uh, 
we you must augment whether it's your social media uh, concerns whether it's fox news whether it's watching us uh you must augment it and i'm using your term with something slow for example I, I, I hope at home you're reading your Bible on a semi-regular basis. That's slow. You know, it, it's not... I love the Word of God, man, but there, yeah, are, yeah. Th- there are some begats. Yes, mm-hmm. yeah. There, there are some antiquated laws about boiling goats and young mother's milks. There's some genealogies. I mean, I think we name every construction worker on the temple, and I, I'm, sure, I'm sure God did that for a reason, so he, to show, hey, no one... No one's irrelevant. Even even the person who is the lowest guy on the assembly line here burn, building my temple is worthy of having their name recorded in the Word of God, and that's great. But it ain't nearly as exhilarating to me as it is reading stuff about miracles and resurrections and Elijah laying down ordinance at Mount Carmel. Not all of it. Not right. all of it's a climactic action flick. There's some. There are some slow right. parts to it. And we have confused this uh, our our politics. Um, with the need to be titillated all the time. That's, that's a problem. And, and so this is vital. You need to be reading books. You need to be pulling back and out of the political sphere and having a life, setting up a life that is worth protecting and preserving and fighting. And I'm not saying you don't have those things, Bill. Um, but th- th- we, we can't get drawn in to the show we do not want to become little donald trump mini me's that always have to go back and see what what people are saying what's the buzz you need to train yourself to get to the point where honestly on some days you just don't care because you have better things to do so we're not going anywhere but you need to when you're watching these things and if it felt slow quite frankly that's a success story on our part because we were actually talking about things that matter, and sometimes it takes more than 140 characters. Oh, 280. I'm sorry. 280. Yeah, and, and as, as far as the it, it feeling slow thing, and um, Todd, Todd is right on the one hand. Uh, we can't be uh, getting drawn in to the show um, and being titillated uh, all the time. I think that's... That's well and good. At the same time, I, I try to work as hard as I can uh, to, to make this feel uh, a little bit faster paced and feel, uh, you know, make it a little bit more entertaining and not just cameras pointing at people at the same time. But Todd, Todd is is um, right. We're this is we're not to be just completely um check your brain at the door and be entertained for an hour. We don't want, and I'll just speak for myself, I don't want uh, viewers coming to the Steve Day show to be uh, trained on what to think, but rather how to think, uh, if that makes sense. Yes. And I think that that's what we hopefully accomplished. And I've seen several comments over the last seven shows with the seven deadly world views. I've seen a lot of comments saying, I had to stop and take notes, or I had to watch that a couple of times to understand, and that was the best, some of the best compliments on the show, mm-hmm. I think, that uh, I saw over the last seven days, because that's, because we came at you, on, especially on the TV show, with a lot of information in a very short amount of time, uh, but that's what we're hoping to do, because when, we, when you learn how to think, not just what to think, when you learn how to think, then maybe you can go out and be... Uh, it, 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 and and be evangelistic with your worldview as well, because then you can take on others. 
That is well said. I mean, this this is our attempt to the whole the old uh, you know axiom: if you give a man a fish, you feed him for a day. Teach him to fish, you can feed him for life. We're we're trying to teach you to fish here, the best that we possibly can. I've, so over the years, so many people. How do you guys do this? It's so unique. It's so different. We we it, we find it fascinating. We're showing you how we do it, so that you can get go into it. Uh, you know, we don't feel the need to like not let you in on why we do what we do and how I know we joke about being nobodies but you know by God's grace we've had some modicum of success we're not huge stars but you know they don't just uh, hand out CRTV shows to to schmucks and ham and eggers so you know we were doing something right to get to this point we're showing you how we do this how we how we made it here because we don't think it's it's ours to lure it over it's it's ours to share you know we could all get hit by a bus tomorrow is anybody in, who else is in a position to to do the sort of deep dive that Aaron just described? Hopefully, some of you now are, and will be, and more of you will be as we go through this year. That that is the goal. You're going to get tons of great day to day, immersed in the new cycles and the ebbs and flows. We have such an outstanding team of talent here at CRTV. There's literally something for everybody, man. If you like irreverent humor, there's Stephen Crowder. If if you like hard hitting exposés, there's Michelle Malkin. If you like if you like things simple and folksy but profound, there's Phil Robertson. I mean, there's the great one, Mark Levin, who who is, you know, one of the intellectual heavyweights of the entire conservative movement. There's something for everybody. Our thing is the the niche that needs to be filled, and and not just in our movement but in our culture, is it's time to start talking about how we got here because we're not getting out of it until we have the answer to that question and how we got here is some stinking thinking some bad worldviews and the only thing that beats bad worldviews and bad theologies and bad philosophies are good worldviews good theologies and good philosophies Stephen Michael Steenbergen says, I wanted to send you all a good word on the start of the new year and the direction the show is taking a crash course in dangerous worldviews and the lies they sell as something that is very much needed in our culture, especially among the younger generations like mine. While watching the past couple weeks of shows along with the podcast, I'm getting a quick refresher as to why I felt called to full-time ministry to begin with. Politics are important, but unless we as believers and disciples truly understand what we believe, why we believe it, and why it is so important to understand the fallacies that stand against us, then our politics will achieve nothing more than moving us closer to, if not completely over the cliff of evil and debauchery as we continue to fall for the lies. I'd love to see this repackaged in a way to purchase as a series or course for small groups or homeschoolers, etc. Stephen, we have gotten a lot of that. I think there's a possibility that you may see that. Thank you very much. Darren McLeod says, I didn't think I was going to like listening to you guys at the beginning. But you've really found a spot in my heart. I really need the Christian worldview first and with politics second to keep me from going down the rat hole. Us too, by the way. Can I pause for a second? I had several emails from loyal listeners and watchers of our TV show that they said, you know what they really liked about this series? And some of these may even come up later on as we go through the list here of feedback. Is they noticed I had a level of peace and contentment in my delivery that they thought was void the last quarter of 2017. 
And you know why? Well, one is I got a vacation. That helps, right? The other, though, is we're aiming higher. It's impossible if your entire focus every day is what's happening in a swamp. You're going to get dirtier than you would be if your focus was a little higher than a swamp. And so it, I think it's easier to main, for me, and I can only speak for myself, I think it is easier for me to maintain more of my composure. And listen, sometimes jawbones of asses, whips of cords are required. But I think for me, speaking for me, I think it is easier for me to keep my composure when I'm aiming higher than let's let's provide the play-by-play and color commentary to today's swamp thing battle. It's easier. It's easier to have more peace and contentment when your fo- conversation is focused on really what is the source of our peace and contentment, right? I think that's, yep. you know. But but don't fall for the fallacy, though, that every time I get worked up or somebody else gets worked up, it means they've lost their composure. Sometimes there needs to be some getting worked up. Sometimes someone needs to say to Job, gird your loins like a man. Sometimes Samson needs to grab the jawbone of an ass and begin to wail away. Let me continue, though, with Darren's uh, note. I put myself in between you and Todd. I love soccer. I have lots of daughters. I'm closer to his age. Uh, But in terms of theological beliefs, I'm probably closer to you. P.S. I think the last Star Wars should have been titled Revenge of the Millennial Jedis. That's the villain. Kylo Ren is your millennial snowflake. Get rid of it all. Sith, the Jedi, you're holding on to the past. Let it go. That's a pretty good imitation. You like right that? There too. Even you the like voice, that? I like yeah. that. That's what he is. Burn it all. Burn it all down. You're still holding on. That's 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 the millennial snowflake rant, is it not? Yes. That's what it is. You're describing one of the best parts of the movie. And I saw at the end of the film again. I know you're all pissed off at Yoda for burning the tree down. Yoda says to Luke, "You're not the last of the Jedi. You're not the end. Ray will continue on." We see at the end of the movie, Rage has the original Jedi texts. She kept them. And she's got the pieces of Luke's broken lightsaber. And Luke and Leia puts, the, puts her hand in hers and says, We have everything we need. We can serve the best of our tradition. I don't get the conservative animosity towards the film. I, I've seen it three times, and I tend to look for this. I don't have this. conservative animosity against it. It's just a dreadful film. Now, if that's your complaint, I, I won't argue against it. I don't agree that. I love the movie. I've loved it every time I've seen it. I think it's fantastic. I love it. I think it is, be, I just, I think it is think profound. What, huh? did you, what do you think of the film? I love it. Oh, oh okay. It wasn't clear. <laughs> I just wanted to make sure. <sighs> All right. Enough. Wes. Having for years listened to you hammer away at the evils of abortion, I credit you with this my very recent moment of clarity since the moment of conception of my little nephew, Rowan. He has always represented a human life. By the way, Rowan is a cool name that is not yes. needs to be brought back. All right? Like Lois, I don't think we need to bring that one back. Agreed? <laughs> Margaret, not so much. Um, I guess Margaret's okay because you got Thatcher and Anne Margaret was smoking hot. Lois can be retired. That just kind of sounds like a different era. But Rowan. 
Rowan Tell is me. a name that needs to be brought back. And uh, for those Loises out there, don't cancel. I mean, your my aunt Lois. I love my aunt Lois, but it's a, it's a name of another era. How about, how about let's forget, Gertrude? We don't need. To, we all agree Gertrude doesn't need to be brought back. Agreed. Gertrude Agreed. can go. Okay, so you're right. Maybe I was unfair to the Loises because there's also Lois Lane and everything. Okay, Lo- I'm sorry. I'm sorry for the Loises. All right, Gertrude though has got to go and don't come back. Don't pass go. Don't collect two hundred dollars. Gertrude, no. Rowan. I think Rowan needs. There needs to be Rowan 2.0. There needs to be a Rowan revival. That is a sweet name, don't you think? It's outstanding. It's a sweet name. Anyway, back to this email from Wes. Since the moment of conception, my little nephew Rowan, he has always represented a human life. And as that powerful refutation of pro-choice nonsense exploded into my consciousness, I began to weep. But those tears could not satisfy an instinctual need to confess my past support of abortion to a higher power that transcends the known human experience. I'm not saying there is a God. I'm still clinging foolishly to my increasingly anemic atheism. So I'm asking you guys to please pray to your God for me. Tell him I now know I was wrong for supporting abortion. Pray too that I can melt away some of the obstructionist intellectualism that I allow to complicate my becoming your spiritual brother. I know the various isms I worship are spirit killers, but I'm also afraid to pray. Thanks to all of you that do. If any media presence has ever inched me closer to Christ, it's been you guys and your show. Thank you, Wes. I do want to respond to Wes, Todd. Uh, wow. Uh, well, you have given a gift in return uh, by sharing uh, that. And, uh, Wes, you're, you're not only are you a lot closer to where you'd like to be than you think, um, I think you might already be there. Uh, you, you're describing, uh, in many respects, uh, the relationship to our creator that the, the three of us uh, in this room have uh, right now. We, we have our daily battles uh, with these isms still. Mm-hmm. Steveism, Toddism, Aaronism, you know, they're, they're, they're there. Uh, being afraid to pray, uh, you know, I, so, for different reasons on any given day, I, yeah, some, you know, sometimes, uh, you know, I can't even stomach the thought of praying for my enemies. I'm, I, I'm right there with you. Some, some days God seems uh, uh, so far away that it does seem uh, like a moot point. So, yeah. We're with you on this. Uh, don't don't turn this thing called prayer uh, or even or even God into something um, untouchable. It has already uh, touched you. The chasm has been breached. Uh, I had conversations uh, once with uh, somebody very, very, uh, a family member, very, very close to me. And we've all heard this some point uh, from people, from Christians who don't think they're worthy uh, of forgiveness. Like, mm-hmm. I, I, um, or they can't forgive themselves for what they did. And, I, and I've told them, I said, you know what that is? It's really, really selfish. 
You can't simultaneously talk about a God and wanting him in your life and operate that scam on yourself. Hold yourself to a higher standard yes. than God is willing uh, to hold you to. exactly what I was going to say. Yeah. And uh, so right now, don't. Y- y- there's a little bit of that going on for different reasons with you right now. I, th- I think you are holding yourself up and this relationship to faith to a, a it's not too high of a standard but it is it, it isn't the right standard and none of us come into faith with the 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 standard that is ready to go it's what because we're sinners all right mm-hmm. you just need to humble yourself and you need to go into this thing fully prepared to feel weird awkward unfulfilled at times hey man that's the party but it's a great ride. Just get on board and go for it, brother. Yeah. I mean, it's an adventure. And in any adventure, there are ups and downs. But um, get over the notion. If you're holding on to, I just don't think I'm good enough yet, you're not. You're right, you're not. You're not. I say this to young men all the time. Uh you're not ready to have a wife and you're not ready to have kids. And then after you get married and start to have kids, there will never be enough money. Just admit that right now. All right. Do you think you've been at this marriage and father thing for about 20 years, Todd? Do you think you have enough money? Do I think what? Do you ever, you ever said to your wife, I think we have enough oh, money. I think, I think we have yeah, enough money. I think we're good. <laughs> I'm certain. Of yeah, that. yeah. There's never, it, there's never enough money. When I made $35,000 a year doing sports talk radio as a sole breadwinner in my home, there was not more money. I make a much better living than that now. We still think there's not enough money. Okay? That's the, so those, those are the hangups that we as men throw out there to put off responsibility. Have the reason you're not married or, or have kids yet because you just haven't found the person you know God has set aside for you. Not because I just don't think I'm ready. You're not ready, dude. You're not. No one's ever ready. No one's ever ready. Really. Some of us are just less unready than others, but no one's ever truly really ready. Be afraid of the guy who says, you know, I'm totally think I'm ready for that. No, you're not, man. It means you haven't truly contemplated the awesome responsibility and the high cost of failure if you think you're ready, <laughs> okay? You're not. Well, if you, if you think I'm not good enough, you're not. You're not. And that's, that's, what, that's the beauty of this relationship is God knows that you're not good enough. And he will take you as you are right now anyway. Because the first and most important step in becoming who you really want to be, the better version of you that you think exists out there, is admitting, I'm not good enough. That is when God does his best work. I have found the more I've grown in my faith, when I fall, when I, when I feel stress or pressure, that's always either my own instincts, my own fallen nature inside of me, or that's the enemy talking to me. Rarely, rarely have I found. Sometimes God has had to give me a swift kick in the butt and say, dude, seriously, man up here, okay? Most of the time, though, when I feel like I'm not doing enough, I need to work harder, that's not, that's not the Holy Spirit talking. Man, most of the time, God's spirit is, come now, you know, um, all of you who are weary and heavy laden, take my yoke upon you. It, my burden is easy and my yoke is light. Normally, this is a worldview that begins not with what you do for God, but what he has already done for you. So you're right. 
you're not good enough for this relationship. And the beauty of it is, knowing that, God offered it to you anyway. That's a pretty good deal when you stop and think about it. That is a pretty good deal. God is willing to offer you everything in exchange for really only one thing, your trust. Yeah, speaking of not enough money, you basically just realized, Wes, uh, you you have the winning lottery ticket in your hand. I'm just not so sure I'm ready to you know, get out of yet. debt yet. <laughs> yes. Yes, I know. Uh, let's continue. Throughout my childhood, my college years, and my current career as an engineer, I've been fascinated with the how and why things work. Whether the subject of inquiry is biological, geological, astrom- astronomical, mechanical, anthropological, etc., I have found great enjoyment in researching or experimenting to learn some small tidbit of the how and why of our universe. One of the biggest problems I see with what I call scientism is the notion that at some point everything will be discovered and there will be nothing left to strive to learn. Of course, I find this notion to be utterly ridiculous, and that is the product of hubris to believe that such a thing is even possible. An examination into any of the fields of study that I have been established that have been established for centuries shows there are still unexplored scenarios and untested variables in even the most settled of the sciences. This is most likely the main reason why I've spent my life in these areas of study. I know the saying has become quite worn, but it is the journey that makes it worthwhile as much as the destination. By accepting the notion that the deepest mysteries of the universe can be or already have been uncovered and exposed completely shatters everything that makes scientific inquiry worthwhile in the first place. It dissolves the allure of the unknown and kills the joy that I and others experience in seeking it out. The point I'm making here is that in addition to the fact Gnosticism will ultimately lead its adherents to a faulty and or dangerous mindset about our world, it is ultimately a bleak and dismal ideology. There is no wonder. There is no intrigue. There is no joy. There is only the smug, self-assured fallacy teetering upon unsubstantiated information and baseless assumptions. In closing, I just want to mention I really like the direction you guys have taken the show, and I'm looking forward to the upcoming installments. Keep up the good work, James Meadows from Cedar Hill, Texas. Your thoughts on that, Aaron? Oh, man, that was extremely well said. And that's something that I have uh, I've thought about before uh, as, as far as uh, this, this notion that everything can be or already is or will be explained. What uh, it, uh, you said his name is Darren? Uh, uh, it is James Meadows James, in Cedar I'm Hill, sorry. Texas. Yeah, yeah. D- James uh, and what he calls science, scientism is just an outcropping of really uh, naturalism, which is the notion uh, that everything can be uh, explained by a physical cause and effect. And once you adopt that, once you adopt that mindset, um, James is right. There is nothing left up to wonder or imagination. There is no beauty because beauty is just uh, comes down to some chemicals in your brain that make you feel good. There is nothing uh, that is uh, that can be um, um, uh, unknown. Or there is no mystery, as he says, as he so eloquently put. And uh, you're absolutely right that Gnosticism, at the end of the day, results in nihilism. And I think it unders- underscores. Uh, the order in which uh, you put those worldviews, Steve, because one eventually, if you follow it to its natural conclusion, will always end 
with um, secular humanism, which is something has to fill the void of God in every person's life. And if you uh, fall for the little lie, it'll eventually lead to the um, to the biggest travesty and the biggest atrocities. And so that was, James, that was incredibly well put. Rachel says, you guys' shows on these worldviews have been great. I have an associate's degree in religious studies from Southern Methodist University, and I think I've learned more about this subject from you than I ever did at the Brick and Mortar. Your thoughts on that, Todd? Uh, I find that entirely uh, believable. Uh, at these uh, brick and mortar uh, places, I don't know exactly which one you're at, but we, we talked about uh, the the disease within uh, the the shows we produced uh, of uh, particularly with uh, um, uh, syncretism and uh, pragmatism about just being you know sucked in uh, uh, by the uh, sages of the ages and and, and wanting to get along and and, and wanting uh, to conform or or wanting to have a seat at the table. We we Mm -hmm. have all kinds of versions of that, so it doesn't shock me uh, in the least. Uh, I know within my own uh, Catholic church, uh, boy, I mean, not a day goes by, whether within my own parish or with uh, this particular pope, where uh, that is not an issue, and uh, the church will not truly be the church until it uh, casts uh, those lies aside and realizes that, hey, um, yeah, this gospel thing is enough all by itself. Here's, here's why that may be the case, Rachel. And I've gotten this before from other people when I've done Worldview. It's because we're calling it re- Worldview training. But there's an ancient word that used to be used and is still used in Todd's Catholic Church to describe what we're really doing. What we're really doing here is catechesis. That's really what we're doing. Meaning, we are, we are teaching knowledge with the intent of an impacting the way you live and the decisions and choices you make and the perspective that you see your world. As opposed to learn these facts here here's what this belief system believes here's what this belief system believes learn that stuff so you can pass a test there's a difference between teaching and equipping there's a difference and what doesn't go on a lot in the brick and mortars as you put it very eloquently i like that description there's not a lot of equipping going on. What do I do with this? What does this actually mean? I, I've learned a bunch of stuff. What does it mean? You know, I, I suck at math. My daughter just took her very first practice ACT. She asked me what I got. I got perfect on the reading and, and, and comprehension and perfect on the science. I was terrible on the math. And you know why I'm terrible at math? is I was great at it as a little kid when it was about memorizing times, tables, and things of that nature because I have a very good, God bless me, a prodigious memory. With a quick recall. When we started getting into algebra, trig, concepts now, I have to apply these things. I just memorized three times three is nine. I have to now essentially define why that's the case. I just, my mind, is, my mind, as much as it can understand and adopt philosophical concepts, it doesn't understand and adopt mathematical ones at all. And my daughter asks me all the time, She's like me too. When am I ever going to use this? 
I don't know what to say. I don't because I don't use it now. I wouldn't know how. I'm the kid that flunked the quick trip managerial exam because I couldn't remember how to multiply, divide fractions. Remember, I don't know the answer to that. This is what we're doing. This is how we're not discipling our people. When we're done throwing all this information out there, there's no and therefore. What, what does it mean? So if I'm personally fascinated by the topic, I soak it up on a, on a curiosity level. But how does it change my life? When my wife and I have not had sex in two or three months. And that, uh, that attractive woman at the office who's been asking me out to lunch picks the right moment when my, when my defenses are weakened. What did what you taught me on Sunday, what, how does it deal with that situation right there? How does it deal with it? How does it confront that? It's not about Bible memorization. That stuff's important, provided it's a means to an end. To what end? How, what is it changing? How is it impacting? That's what's missing. Adam writes, I listened to your podcast for the first time the other day. I had not heard of you before, and I really enjoyed it. So you guys have a new viewer slash listener. I lived my life for years in such a way that from the outside looking in, you'd never have known I was a Christian unless you asked me. I was addicted to opiates, pain pills, heroin for years. It caused me to lose my career, driving privileges, home, and my wife of 10 years. Since then, God has changed my life and restored to me everything I had lost. I remarried my wife, who had divorced me last year, and our relationship is better than it ever was. For three years now, I've had my current job, the best one I've ever had. God really, truly is good and faithful and always willing to offer love, mercy, and grace to us when we ask. Anyway, I appreciated your podcast. I was especially struck by the statements you made at the end, that morality is ultimately mercy. The notion that... If at the end our theology, at the end of our theology morality, it doesn't look like mercy and grace, we got it wrong. That seems true and right to me based on how what's happened in my life and something to strive for. Again, that is from Adam. Aaron, your thoughts on that? Yeah, um, that's. I think that's incredibly, um, uh, incredibly well put. Um, and over the course of the last uh, seven days and looking at all of these worldviews uh, as well, um, it is incredibly, I, I think I've noted, noted this a couple of times, it is uh, incredibly important to each of us, not only that we learn what they're about, um, but applying that three-dimensional thinking into every uh, facet of that we talked about every day on the show, into every uh, facet of conversations we have with people who don't see things exactly the same way uh, that we do. And it's I, I hope what we're doing as well on this show, and not just on the TV show, but on the podcast as well, is spurring us, spurring each of our listeners on to taking this message. Uh, and just being willing to get outside of our own echo chambers. I think that's what we need uh, what we need the most. What we've talked about off air, and I hope um, not spilling any beans, is that we are in and we have to be in evangelism mode right now, and I hope that's what we're doing. 
Got time for one more. I'll throw this one your way, Todd. This is from Terry in Alabama. She says, I haven't said this, but I love your CRTV programs. I watch every day. I've been recently catching up on the legalism to dualism episodes, and I feel like crying because this is exactly what I need, what this nation desperately needs to hear and take to heart with action. I almost don't have the right words to say to you guys and express my appreciation for the work you're doing and have done in this series. You're sharing it in a way that is also easy to grab hold of and understand. Well, all there is for us to do is do our best with the time that is uh, given us. It's a a version of what uh, Gandalf said. Uh, You know, we really want to uh, go into uh, angry uh, Frodo mode all the time and who who can be killed, who can be bludgeoned, how can we get scoreboard. Um, But that's not the best we can do with our time. The best we can do with our time is try to transcend that time Hmm. to become immortal by latching on to the coattails of the immortal one um it was a lot of fun it uh will inform uh, we needed it uh the three of us needed it uh talking about it in december you know what can we do um you know to give ourselves uh the adrenaline shot because we 2018 is going to be bad folks it's it's not it and i'm not fatalistic about it i hope uh and i i pray for on a regular basis that it it turns around but we are supposed to be uh not only innocent as doves but wise as serpents and there's there's no reason to believe short of the a miraculous revival happening uh that we are prepared to turn around so this arming ourselves uh, with this armor is what you need, uh, what I need, and it is the thing uh, that it's it's the road to eternity. Thus, no matter how hard it is, it's just simply worth taking. Well said. Final thoughts, gentlemen. What did we learn this week? Aaron, quickly, what did you learn? I learned that um, people are ready and willing to learn about worldview. And um, I, I think there's always, and what I learned for myself is that there's always more for each of these worldviews. There's always uh, more to talk about and more to learn from. Uh, not that we're just enriched in our own knowledge or not that we can feel really smart about it, uh, but that we're then, as you just talked about a few minutes ago, equipped then to go out and use the knowledge that we have um, in order to, um, to advance our worldview for the glory of God. Todd, what'd you learn this week? Having worldview knowledge will never be more important uh, than confronting one particular person. We debated it on the show who may or may not run for president, but trust me, you will need it if the name Oprah continues to hang in the political sphere because she's got her own very potent worldview, and if you aren't ready to go, you're going to get trampled. CRTV.com, promo code DACE is how you can watch our show with a discounted subscription to CRTV and get access to all the shows at CRTV as well. Have a great weekend. Thanks for tuning in here today. Thanks to everybody at Westwood One and CRTV uh, for making this podcast possible. Until Monday, John 317. This is Steve Dace. I like it, you. Thank <laughs> you.